Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Travancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks, a lovely day at the races is suddenly and viciously interrupted by an attack of basilisks. They swarm out of the forest, going for both horses, riders, and spectators. The Heralds of Greenest spring into action and slay the basilisks, but sadly dozens are left as living statues. They're suddenly approached by Kyla, the town's alchemist, who orders their assistance, harvesting some of the basilisk's stomach, then urge them to follow her back into town where she hopes they will help save her friends. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, aka Obocrazy, and I'm boring. I'm just doing a Pyramid Hefeweizen again, which I will admit is boring and repetitive, but it is also delicious. And so I really don't feel bad at all. Bernie, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight I have a Dogfish Head Pumpkin Ale, and it has a super sweet label. Look at that. Ooh. Look. It's tasty. Nice. Um, I usually, like, buy a six-pack, and it lasts me, like, three weeks. And let me tell you what. In last week alone, I drank all of my cider. I was just like, well, shit. <laughs> there were a lot of natural 20s. It, it, there was a lot of that going on. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hi, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Match Muscular. Tonight, I am not drinking for reasons. The reasons are good. Are, are you having? Yeah, are you having anything? Uh, I might have some iced tea later. But like I said, mm. reasons. You can have okay. lemonade and have an Arnold Palmer. I'm also eating Oreos. <laughs> we couldn't tell. All right, if you're having iced tea, I need to know sweetened or unsweetened. Well, sweetened, of course. Okay, good to know. Uh, Travancore, what are you drinking? Hello, enablers. The Viceroy's choice this evening is something I'm calling Barbicide. Because it's oh, Jesus Christ. Because it looks like the uh, the blue stuff in barbershops, so you put like, uh, you know, combs in and such. Or uh, so, Lysol. Ugh. So what it is is a combination of blue curacao, um, a splash of gin, a little bit of rum, and then some club soda. Tastes like Barbicide, too. Maybe. Uh, why? Why? So how, why? Wait on. a minute. <laughs> No, please, go first. How do you know what barbicide tastes like? Well, that's my question. I named it after what barbicide looks like. Yes, but no, you said, and I quote, tastes like barbicide too. Well, I imagine barbicide would taste like. What it, but, so, okay, in my head, so, it doesn't taste good. What does it taste like in your head? Because Probably either, death, given what they use to, 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 de, to disinfect oh, these all things. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on. This, this is Jonathan the Magic Muscular again. I'm changing what I was drinking. I feel like now I have to go make myself a drink for reasons be damned. So I will be back with something that's actually drinkable. I, I still have questions. Damn, Travancore, your drink is so hardcore crazy. You made Jonathan drink. Wow. So I like, I, this is a fun fact about me. When I like how something tastes, I keep eating it, putting it in my body, drinking it, you know. Um, but if something tasted like, oh, <laughs> well, that could either, you know, clean blood off the pavement or kill me, I would just stop. So 
my next line of questioning is if you imagine barbicide tastes like death and you're telling me that your drink tastes like barbicide why are you still drinking this this uh, can't taste good no soldier left behind in any case once i finish i have winchester bourbon on on deck (laughs) what if you just per what if you just put a okay so what if you just stuck one of your combs in that drink and used it for something else, and then you just moved on to the bourbon? <laughs> Why are you drinking a thing that tastes terrible? I will, I will say, in fairness, you're normally right. Food and or drink that taste horrible, people don't tend to keep imbibing, unless it's alcohol, in which case, on a very regular basis, people drink stuff that makes them make the most horrible of faces and will admit regularly that oh god this is horrible and, and they will keep drinking and i may be overstating how bad it tastes it's it's kind of like inoffensive it's really more bland than anything else there's no sweetness to it there's no spiciness to it i think the club soda overpowers it believe it or not all I right just, i'm back I mean, like, just and the there's blue a time of and a place the... for everything and we're not in college anymore jonathan we yeah. muscular here we again like it. i have i i have also named a drink I call this the Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Cuba Libre, except with vodka. And in order to to make things a little bit better, it it, it also has uh, whipped cream vodka. So it is it is a sweet Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> oh man, we were just we we're gonna go along so well with the Cubans, and then you had to throw this into the mix. It's the Cuban Missile Crisis when, with 2020 hindsight, when you know that it, it works out okay. You know that we didn't all die, and so it's okay. Uh, fleeing quickly from all of this, Carlton, what are you drinking? Tell me it tastes good. It tastes like the devil's <laughs> backbone, because that's what I'm drinking. And I was going to say, because Jonathan the Magic Muscular wasn't drinking, I also have another one ready to go, but it's now because I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> no, it's because you guys tend to roll a lot of natural 20s, and we need to drink a lot, and you should be prepared. Uh, yes. <sighs> Always be prepared. Boy Scout. Boom. Let's go. I'm, Let's I'm go kill some shit. I'm going to have a conversation with your wife, Jack, about letting you what she lets you drink. <laughs> I don't think she knows this is happening, and I think if she did, she'd be concerned. She saw it. She just rolled her eyes and went oh about my her business. I, you know went what? right that's, back to loving hip-hop. She's like, that's I a good am. response. <laughs> that's, that's a great response. Love and basketball? Oh, or, or, one um, or the other. Yeah. I forget. Love and Basketball is a movie. Love and Hip Hop is like a reality, reality show. show. That's the one she's watching. I have no transition, so let's just go. <laughs> I don't know what happened last time. What happened? We were, we're you at fought Kayla's. a bunch of Kyla's. You're about to get there. So you guys got to Amphail. You watched a whole bunch of horse races. In the middle of horse races, everything and everyone were attacked by basilisks. Thanks, actually, to your spell, Bernie, everyone in the party managed to avoid being turned to stone. But a lot of townspeople were not so lucky. Then okay. Kyla My showed up. affects so many people. <laughs> exactly. If only you could affect the entire town. Uh, then a older woman showed up, dirty blonde hair, disheveled appearance, basically ordered Jonathan and Carlton to help harvest some of this basilisk and then has asked you guys to follow her back into town where she, uh, all she's basically said is that she hopes to fix this. And you're currently following this woman into town who you've known for about a minute and a half, who is carrying a large a large decanter filled with the stomach of a basilisk that you guys have just harvested. 
happened. She is making a beeline for a house just outside of the main stretch of town on the long road. It's a fairly large home, especially in this tiny little town. And it's got a sign above it that doesn't have any writing on it. It just has a cauldron that seems to be bubbling. And she opens the door and says, come quickly. We don't have much time. And she rushes on in. Well, I follow. I follow. Okay, we follow. We're all together, right? All of yep. us? Okay, we'll follow her in there, sure. Yes. Unless somebody decided to, that they wanted to not. Then... We don't have much. She, she, you guys, she, we don't have much time. Let's just get in the house. So you guys enter what looks like the a storefront at first, but it is in crazy disarray. This seems to be a alchemist's shop. You can see on the shelving on all sides and then kind of in the middle on a couple of large tables, there are herbs, spices, plants, various and sundry things in a variety of containers. Some things are labeled, some things are not. There's a large counter and she is going behind the counter and going to a back area where you can see things are bubbling and brewing. It It's kind of a little intimidating. She's left a couple of, of fires going, even though there seems to be a lot in here that might be flammable. And immediately sets to work pulling the freshly harvested basilisk stomach out of its decanter. She's still using that glove that she had put on from before and immediately sets to work cutting it open, pulling out some of the the juices that are inside and says, please, I'm sorry about the mess. I haven't had a lot of time. I'm I'm hoping I can brew something right now that uh, will help with with saving everybody in town, but I I don't have much left. I... I had this big order from before and I sold it all and now I have to make more. It's just, it's, it's going to take a little bit of time, but thank you. Thank you for your help. Do you, would you like us to like chop something? No, no, don't touch. Don't touch anything. Like I've been, I can, everybody can sous chef lady. Bernie, roll an intelligence check. Just a a straight off intelligence intelligence check. Yeah. As you look around. Well, as we all know. I don't have any pluses on that. I got a 12. That's not too shabby. Yeah, you, you're you smart enough as you look around, not only the disarray of this place, but some of the stuff that you recognize is poisonous, causes rashes, causes fevers, causes laundry list of fun stuff. Some of it is more medicinal. Some of it, you have no idea what it is. And the more you look around, the more you think... Touching things would be a bad idea. All right. Um. In that case, is there something we should be like, aside from standing here and waiting? Do you need us? Yes. I, I, that is why I brought you here. Mm-hmm. This is super helpful. She points to the stomach that she's currently eviscerating and putting into tiny little vials. And she says, but there's one other ingredient that I need in order to make the soft salve that could save ah, all of those people. Yes, well, you obviously are the people of of bravery who are willing to put yourself in danger for the good of others. I mean, why else would you even go after those basilisks? Or or was I wrong? 
I, no, well, that's, you're correct, that's pretty much right. Sometimes there's also like, it's our job, you know? So it's like some days it's like, yes, 100%. But like other days it's like, well, you know, it's like we're paid to do this. So we're going to do it anyway, even if it's been like a bad day or there wasn't any catch-up for the hot dog or one of your like cohorts sat on our bleachers and masturbated for 30 minutes instead of helping <laughs> out the team. At this I, point, Travancore actually laughs. I, I, I start doing laugh. shifty eyes. <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but he's large. Well, actually, hold on. That doesn't help you. They're all big, aren't they? Biggest person here. Wink. Kyla doesn't seem to catch on. She seems to be a little too intent on what she's doing and talking to you guys that, like, all of this kind of over her head. Yeah. And she, okay. she she nods and she says, when those creatures attacked, all the other houses fled. All of their guards fled, but you stayed. And so I, if there's anyone who could help with the townspeople, it, it must be you, correct? Correct. You are 100% correct. Like I told you, lady, it's our, it's in the job description. Now, what do you need to make this salve? And am I going to need to purchase a pair of gloves? Because everything in here looks like it could kill me. Most things in here could kill you, but you do not need any gloves. I need, there's one other ingredient that I'm out of that I need in order to make this. It is called, uh, it is a moonflower, and it you can find it in the woods very close by. Plenty, but they must be harvested at night in order for it to be potent enough to use in, in this. I need as much as possible. Is that how something that is, you can how, do? Yes. What? How much is as much as possible? Like, is it rare? Is it common? Is it com- like I mean, are we talking like clover common, or are we talking like rosebush common, or are we talking like like what? How much is much? Clover. <laughs> it is very common in these woods nearby, but they only bloom at night, and so it is not so much a an issue of how much there is, but. Then they must be harvested because it it is the woods. It is night. It would be hard to get. Well, I need at least one for every person who is uh, petrified. Uh, that was uh, sixteen. I don't numbers very well. 17? How many is that? Seventeen. Seventeen. Let's let's round up and go with eighteen, just in case. Hey, how about twenty? Um, twenty is a nice even number for me because that's this many. Twenty is a number that Carlton can remember because that's how many fingers and toes he has. You're <laughs> also right. Carlton doesn't. Holy shit! You're right. <laughs> I know, Carlton. <laughs> I take care of you, but lady, look, Thanks, the woods are buddy. just trees. The trees are just woods. So I have no fear. Yes, but anything no can happen sure. in the woods, <laughs> especially us, including us. <laughs> um, so we're we got I, it. Yes. Self-playing harps and golden chickens aside, I think we're going to be fine. Do you know what the moonflower looks like? Can do you I? Get, do you have a picture? Does Carlton grew up masturbating in these woods, so I'm sure he knows. Kyla looks to you and says, I thought I would remember, you grew up here? How? When? What? I left five years ago. I don't ago. recognize It's you. been five years since I've been here. Oh, okay. I am I am fairly new. No, it does not matter. And she moves over to one side of this alchemy area where she's got a couple of books lying haphazardly around, grabs one, flips through the pages pretty fast, and shows you what looks like a, a very detailed write-up on a flower that seems to be 
exactly what she's looking for. It's called a moonflower. The size of it on the page um, and the markings indicate that once bloomed, the thing is maybe about five inches in diameter. It is a brilliant white with a yellow stamen, and they tend to be on vines that wrap around trees. And as she shows you this picture, so you guys get a really good look at this drawing of this flower, she says, as I said, once the sun goes down, these bloom, you can find them just a few miles into the woods. Very easy to find, but those are dangerous woods, so please be careful, but... I need one for everyone that has been petrified. One must go into every salve. And if you can bring that back, I can finish brewing these potions by morning. And the, the sooner we fix everybody, the better. Uh, we only have a week before this becomes uh, permanent. And any damage that those those poor people take while they are statues is also permanent. And I fear, I fear that there may be more going on here than a random monster attack. I, 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 I hope that the guards are put on the townspeople because I, if something happens to them now, there is nothing I can do. We'll take care of it. I want to grab the book and I want to shove it in Jonathan's face and go, you got perfect recall. Read this. All right. <laughs> she tries, like you grab it out of her hand so fast that she kind of fumbles and you hear her. No, be careful. It's a really thick, big book. And so, like, showing it to Jonathan, it almost, like, the speed that you grab it, it almost fumbles out of it, your like, hand. But you're able to just kind of barely like, lets it. it drop a little bit. <laughs> it's one of those large format books. It's, you know, it's not an 8.5 by 11. This thing is, like, 11 by 17. It's heavy bound, and it's maybe 300 pages. So you hold this thing open to him, and you're like, oh! Uh, and Jonathan, just a quick look, and yeah, I know you've got that that memory. All right. Into the woods and home before dark, children? No, after dark. No, home after dark. You must wait for the sun oh. to go down. Home after... Well, you, no, home, you know what I mean. um, would I recall if they were in the woods outside the Eagle Shields? Roll a history check. 18. You remember seeing some. They're mostly in the Westward Forest. You're, you're fairly familiar with these flowers from romping around here. You really can find them anywhere in the West Woods nearby. The, you do know the woods are dangerous. You've seen all sorts of manner of unsavory creatures back there. And it was something that you were cautious of just because most of the time when you were out there, you were either alone or with one other person. But yeah. The Eagle Shields, they're close enough to town that they don't butt up against the Westwood Forest, but the that closest part of the forest would have plenty of these flowers. Okay. What time is it about now? At this point, the sun is actually just starting to set. It's just after dinner. Oh, serendipity. How convenient. You got into town late afternoon. Uh, this seemed to be a dinner time race that was going on when you guys arrived and within a very short amount of time the attack actually happened so you've maybe got about an hour hour and a half before it gets dark that sounds like we head in a woodworthy direction guys would you say her name was kayla kyla kyla uh, kyla, kyla is her name uh kyla you wouldn't happen to have any like potions here that could heal just you know not unpetrified but just regular potions of healing that i can exchange for I some gold 
yes, of, of course. Um, do you need them now? I was hoping to get this as, as well prepared as possible, but certainly, usually, I, I have many po- uh, potions of a variety of sorts. I mean, if you have a few on you before we go out into the dangerous woods, I'll, I'll, I would gladly exchange some of my gold for it. Uh, yes, and she rummages around. She kind of covers up what she's been doing with the basilisk stomach and goes back out into the main shop area. And you can now see that while the, the vast majority of the shop is ingredients for stuff, in the corner, there are some ready-made potions. And she pulls out a couple of vials and looks at a few and says, and then puts them back and then uh, pulls out a few more vials and looks at a few and says, I do have uh, two. I, there's not a lot of call for these kind of potions, but I do have uh, two if you're interested. Oh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll buy two off of you. Okay, they are just common. Let me... I tell you what. And she hands you the two. Okay. And they're just common potions of healing. And she says, take them now. We can discuss uh, payment later once all this is taken care of. I... I I trust you to come back with the Moonflower. Oh, of course, of course. Fair enough, fair enough. I sort of hate to ask it. Uh, do you have a basket? I look around, and she goes back into the back area and rummages a little bit and comes out with a small sack and says, I do not have a basket, but I do have well, a sack. Well, Bernie, we could put them in your old basket on my back. That has leg holes. We've done it before. That does we, have leg holes. We put the sack on the bottom so it doesn't... We've done it before with gold. My hirsute friends raise a good point. Um, I don't suppose you have anything in the way of a reflective surface to avert to protect us from the vastless gaze in the event that we run into them. I, I have a couple of mirrors, but as far as I know, that that will not help. the The gaze, if you see the eyes of the basilisk, it can affect you whether it is a, ref- a reflective surface or not. So I'm not sure if that will help at all. No, for it Would to it- see its own reflection. Oh, I guess, but I'm not sure if this will help. And she pulls out like a tiny little hand mirror. She's like, this, this is all I have. It's worth a shot. It's better than nothing. But She hands it over. It's maybe an, an inch, inch and a half in diameter. It's a tiny little like almost a pocket compact if, if it was a compact mm. and hands that over and says, to bring it back when you're done. I, I hope it helps, but I would not, I would not rely on that. All right, are we ready to head out, though, and leave her be? Yeah, I take the mirror. Do you have... Uh, is there any other questions? Or or do you need anything else before you go? I I need you to hurry, but I want you to be prepared. I, I think we're ready to go, C- companions. I think so. We will be back. Excellent, thank you. I will be here. Just come back as soon as possible. And she goes back to her uh, preparing... It looks like she is continuing to portion out bits of this basilisk stomach into these tiny little vials and is starting whatever weird arcane process or weird alchemy process she needs. Uh, before we go any further, I want to try and see if I can secure this small mirror to, sh- to Shadow's forehead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, just, I did not expect that. Closing the door, and Travancore says this, and Shadow gives you the most curious of looks. Think about it, Shadow. And I know you can think about it. If you're going up to attack them, and it's on your forehead, and they happen to catch their gaze, that's one less basilisk we have to worry about. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Can't argue with that logic. So I think I have some hemp and rope. I'm not sure it's going to be enough to secure it to his forehead, but or if it'll be, it'll work. The mirror that she has handed you is, as I said, it's fairly small. It's a round mirror, but it doesn't have like a handle or anything. So how would you like to secure it to his forehead? So with I have some rope. I figure I can tie it on each end, like just a little bit, cut some of the rope just enough so it's tied to his forehead. Like maybe one band of rope up here, one band of rope down here. He'd have to get close, but that's what Shadow does anyway. It goes up close to attack things with the hope that, you know, one of these basilisks will catch a, a glimpse of his own reflection and then boom, stone. And Chad will have his eyes closed the whole time anyway, so he'll be safe. He'll be on the sense okay. of smell. Uh, so you pull out a little bit of your rope. Go ahead and make a survival check. This is Ooh. rope work. We'll survival. survival. I get a super big bonus for this, actually. 22! With a 22, you're able to kind of headband this mirror to Shadow's head. It seems to be very secure, but you've had to cover up a significant portion of the mirror because as I said it's it's just kind of a round mirror there's no handles or anything and so a lot of it has been covered up by rope it seems very secure but you're not sure how close Shadow would have to be for this basilisk like you get the sense this basilisk would have to be right next to Shadow in order to catch its own glimpse okay well it's something yeah it might be better in our in like your hand to point it you know Oh, from farther away? <laughs> no, leave it on. Leave it on. I love it. I absolutely I'm like, love it. He looks like one of those old-timey doctors now with the little thing on the head. Little thing. You finished up and Shadow kind of goes to paw at this thing on his head and then he stops. I know, buddy. It's only until we get those flowers. I want to, <laughs> I want to like lean down to Coco Snoot and go, I would never subject you to such uh, as soon as you lean down next to Coco Snoot, he licks the side of your face. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's love. That's love, children. All right. Anything else you would like to do? Or are you just headed straight to the woods? Let's get some. Let's, let's pick some flowers, friends. Can we stop Into at the, the blacksmith so I can drop something off? Would that be on the way or sure. would that be out of the way? It'll only take a minute. Uh, the blacksmith you saw in town would be essentially on the way okay. so but as you leave you do notice that a lot of the stores don't seem to have reopened like okay. it looks like the tavern across the street has reopened the a couple of other places have reopened but this this attack only happened maybe 10 minutes ago for the day if he's open i would like to drop something off but if he's closed then i'll deal with it tomorrow a cursory glance shows that he is still closed Carlton. Most places seem to be. People People fled. Okay. Carlton. What? Into the woods. Into the woods. Well, I was going to drop off uh, I was going to drop off a skull splitter to get silvered at a polished silver. So, one, it would be silvered against lycanthropes, but two, polished so it would be reflective. Since it is not a magical weapon, I will might as well make it useful. That is definitely something you can do. However, you're pretty sure if you were looking to have that done before tonight, no, it's I was, was going to drop it off tonight possible. so that it was done sooner, but it could wait till the morning. Ah. I know okay. it's not going to take five minutes. It's going to take like a day. Yeah, it's going to take a little while, depending on how busy it is. Okay. The quickest way out into the woods is kind of back the way you came through the where the horse racing was. But uh, Carlton, you definitely know of several different paths to get to the nearby woods. Which way would you like to go? Uh,. Path of least resistance, the closest way. Ooh, no. Uh, or should I make it through the eagle shields first? No, that'll distract me. That will definitely distract me. 
Scott. So character wants to go through the eagle shields. Player wants to go quickest route. Gotta go, and character. Bernie's route. looking at Carlton, who's just obviously like talking to himself, and she goes, "Carlton, what? Into the woods. Yes. The time is now. Yes. We have to go. Okay. I don't care how. All right. Uh, you, 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 you scare me sometimes. So, um, we're, we're gonna go fast, and then I'll deal with stuff later. Okay. With that directive, Carlton basically leads you back the way you came, which brings you back to the field where the horse races were taking place. And you can see uh, when you left this place, maybe 20, 25 minutes ago, all that was left there were the bodies of these basilisks and the people who had been turned to stone. And as you walk back through, you can see the bodies that have been left there have started to decompose at a very rapid rate. They seem to be bubbling up from the inside and almost eating themselves as as time progresses. You can see a couple of the basilisks, there's just like this almost gaping hole in their stomach now as though they are oh, just... Oh, the basilisk. Okay. Oof. For a second there, yeah, I thought you were talking about the statues. Just... I was like, shit! No, no. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh that's, basilisk... that's bad. I was like, that's I thought we really had a weird fuck. No, no, the, the statues seem fine. The basilisk bodies seem to be just digesting themselves in their own juices yeah, and guys. are almost deflating. And you can now see why Kylo was in such a hurry to harvest the one that she did. You see the the field that has the group of people. You can see the statue of the horse now in the distance. And you do notice that some people, living people, have returned to either cry or examine their loved ones who have turned into statues. Carlton, you do recognize one specific woman with red hair that you were looking for earlier. She is standing next to two statues, uh, a man and a woman who were in the process of fleeing and are currently made of stone. She does not notice you because she is, uh, she's got a hand on the woman's shoulder and uh, seems to be holding back tears. Uh, all right, I'm going to head over that way. Fuck the woods. Okay. Uh, the rest of you notice, Carlton, as you guys have been starting to make a beeline for the tree line, which is... You're going north, you're going west. So it kind of be west of you, uh, near where the the crowd was gathered. That would be the closest tree line. He was kind of headed in that direction. You see him suddenly veer off to the right and make a beeline for this woman standing next to some of the statues. And as you get closer, Carlton, you absolutely recognize a, a slightly older, slightly more mature Kara Eagle Shield. Okay. Hello, Kara. I, I put my hand on her shoulder. She startles as she's been focused on these statues and turns. And you can see the years have been, it's only been a couple of years yeah. and they've been very kind to her. She, she looks just as lovely as you remember. Her face is streaked with tears. Her eyes open wide and she says, Carlton? You look as lovely as the day I left. Carl, Carl. And she hugs you. I hug her back. It's, it's intense and frantic almost immediately she then lets go and then says i don't I, i'm sorry i what how did you get here what happened what what are you doing here uh it's a long story uh do i recognize the statue as ma and pa or no no okay. they are you have a uh, go ahead and roll a history check 18 
You have a vague recollection of these two people as friends of Kara. Okay. You don't recall any names right off the bat, but they, they are familiar people to you. And as you kind of look at them, Kara composes herself and says, um, I, I thought they were right behind me when we ran. And then I turned and they were gone. And I, I don't, I didn't know that this had happened. And I'm, oh, I, I have to, I have to tell her parents and I just I don't know what to do. Well, me and my friends and I, I kind of gesture back. I was like we happened to be in town right before the attack. Uh, I managed to kill all of the attacking ones and Kayla has that the alchemist has asked us to go grab some moonflowers so that we can make a salve to save your friends and all the other townspeople. Um, I? Kyla. Kyla. I? Yeah. Yeah. I? Using, he's using the royal we. Which is bad. Anyways, so that's where we're at now. How I came back, we can save for after we help your friends. Because uh, I would like to say hello to them. It's been a number of years. And we can definitely sit down um, with Ma and Pa and all of them at the, back at the farm. I'm, I am a little confused. <laughs> I want to like, are we within hearing distance of all this? I'm I'm assuming if you once Carlton made the sharp right to go over to these people, he maybe only moved about twenty to twenty five feet away. So I'm guessing you guys would have followed. So absolutely, you'd probably be standing like five ten feet away. Awkward, you know that awkward. I don't know who you are, and I don't know who these people are, and now I'm being talked about. I want to look up at Jonathan and be like, I thought he was too. Let's just see how this plays out. And then I want to, like, look over at them and do the, like, like, awkward, the, like, wave where you're like, I do that, too. I'm like, that's Bernie, Jonathan the Magimuscular, and Travancore back there waving idiotically. I didn't wave idiotically. I resent that. I resent (laughs) that, too, considering all of a sudden Carlton gets all smart and suave when talking to this girl. Maybe the stupidity was just an act. Carlton's like. Hey, Bernie, we could tell stories. Caro gives a, a, a very conservative wave back at you um you can see she is a very lovely young woman kind of in in very simple plain clothes bright red hair she has a you can tell that she's a little shaken by everything that's happened and obviously is using this moment to distract herself from being kind of engulfed in grief and she she seems to be a relatively intelligent young woman she kind of takes in the bunch of you looks back at carlton and says well i i you all look like very capable people and if if kyla trusts you to to do this and she thinks that she can fix everybody that would uh, that would be good i'm i can't imagine leaving everybody like this i mean this is this is horrific yeah it's pretty bad and you certainly have my thanks yeah, so we'll, we're going to go get the ingredients for the salve, but you should stay at the farm uh, till m- make sure you're safe until we get everybody back. I don't want anything. I don't want anything happening to you. I I came here specifically to make sure that that everybody was okay. And if you think that this could be fixed, then we need to make sure that these that everybody is is kept safe throughout the night. Who knows what could happen in the middle of the night to these statues? What can can they still be saved if the statues are destroyed or harmed or broken? In that case, or go find some guards, uh, but yeah. and have them watch. But 
if anything happened to you, I think it would send me into a rage that I would never be able to get out of. And she gives a, a little bit of a sad smile and she says, that's, that's sweet of you to say. And definitely, uh, we should catch up when you get back. Um, but yes, for now, there's there are more important things to do. I will go talk to uh, my family, and we'll see if we can convince the other houses to bring their guards here. We, we, we don't have anybody, but I'm sure we can get some of the town's houses to, to pull out their guards. But please, be, be careful. The woods are... You know how dangerous these they are. They are dark and full of terrors, I remember. And they have only gotten worse in the years that you've been here. And she looks at all of you now, and she says, I really appreciate that you are going to try to save my, 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 my friends and my loved ones, but it would be a disaster to lose anybody else this day. So please be careful. We'll do our level best, ma'am. Uh, I kiss her hand, I grab her hand, I kiss it, and I say, I'll meet you back at the house. Roll an insight check for me, Carlton. And that will be a 14. You take her hand and kiss it, and she pulls away a little quicker than you're expecting. Okay. It it's been feels a little awkward. Yeah. Yeah, and she she looks a little embarrassed, but she, she gives you a very heartfelt look and says, just be careful, please. And moves off back towards the direction that the Eagle Shield house is, assumably to do what she said. All right. Uh, I, I head back to the, my friends and, well, you guys are right there by now. Uh, and I say, all right, uh, to the woods. Let's make it snappy. Wait, hold on. Are you going to introduce us to Bagheera, too? Who? Well, I imagine you saw that's her a... fetching water and decided your life in the jungle was over. Oh, that's a deep cut. <laughs> well, I'd be the one co kipling in this podcast, but no. Uh, I was out of the woods already when I had met her. Ah. It was five years out of the woods, ten years in the woods, five years out of the woods. Yeah, so five, ten in the woods, five out, five on the road, met y'all, we do our thing, we became awesome. Hey, that's great. Let's pick flowers. Huh? <laughs> I just was wondering, like... How long, because you keep talking about this, like, the, these wolves, but then you got her and another mother. I don't know if you're collecting mothers. That's a thing back home. I was already a man by the time I met the Eagle Shields. Well, I mean, you were 15, so. For me, that's, for our people, that's a man. Yeah, like, what's the, uh, what's life expectancy in this, on this continent? Not, not very high, I would imagine. Uh, I think half-orcs are, like, 80 years, give or take. Bernie's like 42, by the way. Like, <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's like, you're full grown at 15? What? <laughs> Some of us more than others, apparently. All right. As you're having this conversation, you guys are walking into the woods. The sun fault. is starting. If I starting. figured it out before you guys did, excuse me for reading the signs while Jonathan's just playing on the phone. I I'm not playing on my phone. who this woman is to our friend. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, this is the Jungle Book, obviously. One of the days we're going to meet the like nice little panther that decided that he had to grow up and go live with humans but i guess or maybe orcs i don't think panthers know the difference and no jonathan's like mm, julia's not grown i'm like yeah half orcs reach adulthood <laughs> at age 14 i start humming a song that sounds suspiciously like bare necessities to myself in frustration 
and shadow next to you as Start you standing. sing. No, but you you notice that he is um walking in time to the coming. <laughs> That's perfect. The little bit of sunlight coming through the trees as you guys enter the forest is glinting off this mirror that's attached to his head, and he's just happily waddling next to you. Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or www.libshark.com. And see you next encounter. <laughs>